Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Commander's Forge podcast. My name is Andy Bentley. I'm the host of the Commander's Forge, and this is an area for me to talk about Magic Commander and stuff and things. And today I'm joined by my sometimes co-host, Nate. How are you, Ben? I'm doing all right. How are you, Andy? Exhausted. (laughs) Now, I was telling you back on Monday about a podcast I was listening to where they were answering questions, and they got to a question about what they thought were, like, the most iconic cards at each mana value from 0 to 10. And I wanted to change that up a little bit, and I instead kind of wanted to talk about our favorite cards at mana mana value 0 to 10. Yeah. And basically you had all week to think about it, and if you're anything like me, you finalized your list about five minutes ago. More like an hour ago, but yeah, they're pretty yeah, close. Yeah, okay, that's, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's not a whole lot else to say here at the start, so... Do you want to start us off with your zero menu uh, card? Sure thing. Uh, before we do start, though, I would like to say it's like everything I have on my list, I try to keep budget friendly. Uh, oh. At least as far as um, three different cards on my list, you can get them all for less than 250 You and me did not tackle this assignment the same way. <laughs> oh, no, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said, going into my list of uh, ten... So for my zero drop, I was a little uh, torn, but I think I, th- I picked the better option, mainly because this one go in just about any deck. Uh, I picked Tormod's Crypt for my zero drop. Oh man, that one didn't even cross my mind, but yeah, that's a really good one. Zero mana, artifact, sack it to exile target player's graveyard? It's pretty good with a lot of graveyard-centric commanders out there these days. You're not wrong. And you see, I'm a degenerate because I also have a zero mana artifact but mine's mana crypt (laughs) because uh i will i will gladly take the risk of three damage every turn to have that additional two mana at the beginning of the game even though it's a little frowned upon in casual commander quote unquote (laughs) but yeah that's uh that's the basic gist so nate what's your uh one mana value uh, I'm gonna guess it's probably the same as yours, but I'm gonna we'll guess it's out. not. Oh, you oh, interesting. Uh, I went Soul Ring because it's just the best one mana card I can think of. It goes in every deck. Yep, and that was my initial pick, and then I thought about it, and I'm like, even though I can't put my one drop in every deck, it's good in every deck that wants it. Land tax. <laughs> Single white mana, at the beginning of your upkeep, and if an opponent controls more lands than you, you get to put three planes from your library into your hand. Interesting. I I have to point out that, well, you've played against Linden. Yep. How many games have you seen Linden end the game with, like, eight more lands than all the other decks? Not many. Well, it's happened a lot. Really? Yeah. Those guys the ones I'm watching. So that one just kind of was always in the back of my mind. Like, if I didn't choose Soul Ring, I would probably choose Land Tax. <laughs> but uh, from there, let's go into two mana. Want me to go first? Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, so I was a little torn on this. Obviously, like my first go-to, you could probably guess what that would have been. <clears throat> Did it but, start uh, with a counter and end with spell? Originally, yes. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, so I started with that, and I'm like, then I, I kept thinking about it. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I actually, in the past few years, I've liked a braid better because, of like, with artifact hate being a thing. And then it finally dawned on me, I'm like, no, no, no. I have a favorite two mana spell, um, uh, convert, uh, you know, card. And, uh, it's, it, ironically, it, um, it goes in every deck. It's a uh, liquid metal torque. Oh, that is a really good one. I love it because it turns all of that target, you know, destroy target artifacts, whatever, into destroy target non-land permanent. And it gives a lot more decks the ability to deal with threats they normally couldn't deal with. Yeah, like, I didn't even think about that one. The amount of value I've gotten out of, like, that card in, uh, like, I, for example, I run it in, well, almost every deck now, but, um, I was playing a white-blue deck, and I had Forsake the Worldly in my hand, and I got two different Planeswalkers on two different turns exiled with it, because I kept brought it back and then mission briefed it. Okay. So, yeah, it was, uh... Definitely made for a, a strong play, and no one liked me after that, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to preface mine with, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been kind of on a mono-red kick recently. I thought it was a mono-white kick. I, I already had that. <laughs> <laughs> and mine is a counterspell. Table Ooh, trickery. Oh, okay, that one. So it's the two-mana instant uh, counterspell you... Choose one, two, or three at random. They mill that many. Exile cards from the top until they exile a non-land card with a different name. Cast card without paying its mana cost, and then the others go on the bottom of their library in a random order. I found recently that I've been on, well, a red kick. I've enjoyed the red decks in ways that I'm not seeing a ton of red decks being built. So, like... Uh, my Urbrask deck, which I'm actually going to talk about in the next part of the podcast when you're gone. The whole goal of that deck is to just exile as many cards from my my library as possible. Do I want to win? Sure. Will it happen? Maybe. I don't care. I just want to break my previous record of how many cards I've exiled off the top of my library. Gotcha. Yeah. But I guess that moves us into our uh, three drops. So, for three drops, I actually have two cards, but it's because they're functionally the exact same thing. I'm going to venture a guess that they're both ramp spells. No. <laughs> but they are both removal spells, though. They do share that in common. Uh, it's a uh, Beast Within and Generous Gift. Oh, I went because, the wrong way. Yeah. So, it's more for the fact that, like, sure, you're giving your opponent some kind of 3-3 creature, but... But the it's fact still that better can... than what they had to begin with. Right. Instant speed removal that can target just about anything is why they're there. Yeah. No, that's, um... That's actually a really good pick. Uh, mine is centered around mana. But it's not a ramp spell. Because one of the greatest combo cards in the history of Magic is Ashnod's Altar. That's a three drop? Yep. Three mana, artifact, you can pay zero to sacrifice creature and add two colorless oh. mana to your mana pool. Play this ability right. as an interrupt. Gotta love old templated cards. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, the number of times I've seen an Ashnod's Altar played not for insane value is 
maybe one. Any other time, it's like, if you see Azhnoth's altar, they're about to, like, just go infinite or at least get a ton of value. Right. But, yeah, I think that brings us into our four drops. All right, so for four drops, <clears throat> I had to do a lot of digging, but this is kind of, I went through all the decks we've been playing recently until I found one that, like, kind of hit on it. So uh, what I came for four drop was um, Behold the Multiverse. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm all about drawing cards at instant speed, and the fact that you get to scry two prior to it uh, is this icing on the cake, but what makes Behold the Multiverse kind of stand out from a few other cards that do the same thing, um, like the one from Kaladesh or whatever, is the fact that you can foretell it. A lot of people don't usually have, like, a turn two play, or, like, not a whole lot of turn two plays, so it's like, if you do, it's fine, but if you don't, you can just foretell this, so for later on, you can try and cast a spell for cheaper. So that's how I kind of landed that in my slot for four mana. Okay, yeah, I, I do, I am a fan of the foretell mechanic. Now my four drop, there's a lot of things at four, and I mean a lot of things at four that I like. But as soon as I got to the four drops, the first thing that popped into my head is what I went with. Helm of the Host. Ooh. Uh, just the sheer stupidity of making a copy of your commander that isn't legendary. It, it's just... I mean, there's a reason the card's like 15 bucks now. <laughs> I remember when it was only like three. <laughs> Hindsight and magic is better than 2020. Right, anything else before we move into the uh, second little half of our... Uh, no, I'm ready for it. Alright, well, I'm going to swap up and I'm going to go first this time. Sure. Uh, My five drop. Iconic. Been iconic since it came out in Theros. Oh, oh, I'm guessing it's probably a, a dictate? It's not. It's Ooh. Gary. Oh, yeah, he's a five drop, yep. Yeah, it's just... Just a stupid little 2-4 zombie man with coins falling out of his bag. Uh, yeah. He's, uh, he's always at the top of the list when I think about building a black deck. Yeah, no, he's a good inclusion. Um, but yeah, what do you have at 5? Uh, so for me, it's actually one of my favorite cards. I used to use this all the way back in uh, high school. It's from um, Dissension. The, the first friend to come black. We don't talk about time here. We're getting old. We don't know how to do that. <laughs> well, anyways, so recently I have finally found a deck that could actually use this kind of strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's palliation. Uh, as soon as you said that, I knew what you were going to say. <laughs> yeah. So it's a blue-white enchantment for five. And uh, whenever an opponent's uh, creature becomes tapped, does not care why... Uh, it gets a counter on it, which has just recently been eroded because of Nuka Pena. So it used to make shield counters, but now it makes uh, palliation counters. Um, and then you, you may remove a palliation counter from it to prevent the next one damage to you. Yeah, uh, that card's very annoying in a certain deck you have. I, I run it and wrote it in Timon, and it does a lot of work, and hands down has shut down some funny decks. Uh, I was playing against, yes, yours included. 
I played against a Yuri codec, and it literally just made them stop targeting me. Because <laughs> they could not do, like, Yuriko is a 1-3, so she couldn't hit me and actually have her effect go off. Because every time she would attack me, I'd have a counter to, to prevent the damage. Yeah, that's so stupid. But hey, I'm glad that Wizards sometimes makes old cards good. <laughs> Alright, but moving into the six drops. Uh, I have a six drop that can be cast for seven mana. Oh. So, cycling back to I like Fortel. Yep. Uh, Haunting Voyage is four black black for a sorcery that returns a certain creature type from your graveyard to the battlefield. If you cast it for six, it just up to two creature cards but you can foretell it and then cast it for five black black and if you do that it's all creatures of that creature type interesting yeah uh it's maybe not my favorite card from Kaldheim, but it's definitely like top five nice mine's an old staple <laughs> old staple uh is it a six six white creature Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Sun Titan. Um, yeah, for reasons you can guess. I mean, yeah. I it goes in most decks, and then like, especially with like the amount of fetch lands, whether they're good or bad fetch lands, it's always a good recursion target. So indeed, I mean, the number of times a Sun Titan hits the battlefield, and somebody doesn't go, ah, oh, we should probably remove that, is very low. Uh, yeah, but right into our seven drops. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be me if I didn't put a big, dumb red thing on this list somewhere. <laughs> so, uh, Balefire Dragon Ooh. is uh, five red red for a 6-6 six, six flying dragon. And when he deals combat damage to a player, it deals that much damage to each creature that player controls. Nice. It's not a bad one. No, actually, I think it's quite good. I like dragons. <laughs> So for mine, I this is another slot that I actually have uh, two things. Uh, mainly because they have... I'm not actually going to use them for their actual casting for 7 mana. Uh, but they both have an ability that uh, I'd much rather use. Um, it is... Uh, both of them are from Strixhaven. It's Elemental Masterpiece and Creative Outburst. Oh, okay. So they're both uh, seven mana spells. One makes um, two four four elemental token creatures. The other one, um, I believe, does some damage that you can kind of like divvy out. But more importantly, uh, for two mana and discarding that card, you can create a treasure at instant speed. So I currently run a Jaleva deck, and uh, they are in that list mainly because if Jaleva does exile them, they're still you know big splashy spells that do something. But more or less, they're really in there for uh, for color fixing, because like, you can use them for early game for that, or late game, cast them, or straight up exile with Jaleva and cast them that way. How long have you had a Jaleva deck? Uh, I mean, I've had one on and off throughout the years. I don't play it on stream because it's not stream friendly. Well, but, yeah, um, but I mean, like even in the times we've played in person, I don't really remember playing against that. Yeah, I've had it probably for a couple months now. At least, like, the current list for a couple months now. And it's it's, it's been fun. Okay. Alright. I don't bust it out too often. Okay. Alright, alright, alright. I'm gonna... I'm gonna move into my 8-drop. 
Sure. It's another big stupid dragon. <laughs> uh, it's Uvara Hellkite. What does that one do? Is that the one that uh, makes tokens? That's the 6-6 six, six that uh, whenever a dragon you control attacks, you make a 6-6 six, six dragon with flying. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, that one. Uh, it's just... <clears throat> I remember that card being super expensive, and then I got, like, two reprints in the span of, like, a year and a half. And I have no idea what the price is sitting at now, but, like, it's just a stupid card. No, it's good. I mean, if you play, even, like, without playing Dragons, it over time will double itself. As long as it sticks around. But, yeah, how about you? Ah, so for me, uh, on the, this is actually my most expensive card on my list, topping on at $7. (laughs) But it's on the same one, um... Same reason for the last two. Uh, it's Magma Opus. Oh, so, uh, yeah. eight drop spell does way too much stuff to uh, name off the top of my head, but also it can be discarded for a treasure token. Yeah. Um, yeah, when you get into these big spells, you're either going to have, like, really big creatures or really wordy spells. Right. Uh, but speaking of really big creatures, <laughs> um, my nine drop, Nate. You can't even guess what it is. A nine drop, and it's a creature. And it's... you can't even guess oh, what it is. Of course, it's that one. Void oh, Winnower is a nine mana, eleven nine Eldrazi. Your opponents can't cast spells with even mana costs, and zero is even. Your opponents can't block with creatures with even converted mana costs. I do not play it often in many decks because it is extremely mean. <laughs> but I do have it in a couple of decks. Well, my answer to that is also my nine uh, mana value uh, card pick. It is a blasphemous act. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that deals with uh, that deals with a lot. Yes, it does. Uh, also, that's my third most expensive card on my list. It's topping out at four dollars. Well, so. you know what it doesn't deal with my ten. First of my three ten drops. First of three? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you see, Ulamog the Ceaseless Hunger got really, really um, lonely at the top. So he brought Kozilek the Great Distortion with him. And uh, Kozilek was like, what about the rest of me? So uh, he also bought Kozilek Butcher of Truth. Because they're all ten drops. And they all do arguably very different things. So, uh, Ulamog is the when he casts exile two things, he has indestructible, and when he attacks, you exile 20 cards from the defending player's graveyard, or library. Uh, Kozilek the Great Distortion is 8 with the two specifically colorless pips for a 12 12. When you cast him, if you have less than 7, you draw up to 7. He has Menace, and you can discard a card with cover mana cost X to counter spell with converted mana cost x and the butcher of truth is a 12 12 with when you cast him draw four cards he is annihilator four and if he's he's got the shuffle drowsy thing if he's put into a graveyard you shuffle your graveyard into your library nice uh my 10 drop might potentially deal with that <laughs> so this is my second most expensive card on my list topping up five and a half dollars but uh it's curse of the cabal so it is a 10-drop spell that literally says target player sacks half their permanence, but you may suspend it for suspend 2 for 4 mana. Um, 
when it's while it's suspended during each player's upkeep, they may sacrifice um, a, basically a permanent. I think it's like it specifies what kind of permanents they can sacrifice. But uh, if they do, it puts two more time counters on it. Yeah. Didn't you used to play this in Gonti? Yes, I did. Yeah, your Gonti deck was amazingly sick. <laughs> I loved it. Now, typically that would bring us to the end of our list, but um, I also have an 11, a 12, and a 13 drop. Really? <laughs> well, I couldn't end the list with those three Eldrazi and leave when I have the rest of them right there. <laughs> so, uh, at 11, you have Ulamog the Infinite Gyre. Uh, when you cast him, you destroy a permanent uh, Annihilator 4, still indestructible, and Shuffle Drazi. It that betrays at 12. 11 11, uh, Annihilator 2, and whenever an opponent sacrifices a non token permanent, I get it. And at top of my list at 13, I think this is the most expensive card on my list. I could be wrong. Mana Crypt might, again, be super duper expensive. I don't know. I haven't looked at the price in a while because I don't plan on buying one. Emrakul the Promised End. <laughs> 13 for a 13-13. Costs one less to cast for each card type among cards in your graveyard. When you cast it, you gain control of an opponent during that player's next turn. Then they get an extra turn. It has Flying, Trample, and Protection from Instance. Yep. Yeah. I happened to be looking through my Eldrazi deck when I was looking for my high drop cards. Because I've been really enjoying that deck recently. Alright, uh, Nate, do you have anything to add before we kick this to essentially just me talking about an Urbrash deck? No, I think it's all you. Alright, well, uh, thanks for listening to this part, folks, and I will be back in a moment. Hey, I just want to take a minute to tell you about my Patreon. I know times are hard for everybody, and I know... It isn't easy to shuffle around bills and stuff, believe me, I know that. But if you would like to help support the podcast and me, you can find the links to my Patreon in my link tree, which is always put into the description of either the video or the audio, wherever you're listening to it. It would really mean the world to me. Honestly, I'm just struggling to make ends meet most weeks but that's it that's all if you want to help the links will be where you can find them hello everyone and welcome back now as far as you know that only took a few seconds not an hour and 40 minutes because i had gotten pulled away to do some stuff and then more stuff but regardless, we're back. Now, for this part, uh, my cousin Nate is no longer with me. And I'm just going to talk about a deck I built. So, it's no secret that in New Capenna, I wasn't terribly interested in most of the commanders that are in the set. But Urbrask definitely was one of the more interesting ones to me. So, Urbrask Heretic Praetor is 3 red red for a 4-4 four, four Phyrexian Praetor. It has haste. And at the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library, you may play it this turn. 
and at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, the next time they would draw a card this turn, instead they exile the top card of their library, they may play it this turn. So I've seen some people misunderstanding what this does. The first ability, you exile a card at the beginning of your upkeep, and then you draw a card for turn. Your opponents, it's the first card they would draw in a turn. So if they're not drawing a card in their upkeep, it would be the card they would draw at their draw step that gets exiled. That's just how it's worded. I've seen a bunch of people not understanding what that meant. But yeah, so for the most part, when I saw this, I thought, ah, cool, let's just exile cards. And that's about as far into my uh, deck building process as I got. Because the whole goal of the deck is to put my deck in the Shadow Realm. Uh, the the whole premise behind the deck is to exile cards in just a ton of different ways and a few ways that are not terribly common. Uh, I think the poster child of not terribly common, especially in Commander, is Beaumont Courier. It's uh, one mana, one one, artifact creature construct with haste. Uh, whenever it attacks, you exile the top card of your library face down. You can't look at it. And you can pay red and discard your hand and sacrifice the Beaumont Courier to put all cards exiled with Beaumont Courier into their owner's hand. Yeah. So, yeah, just stupid effects like that. Like Chaos Channeler. Two red red for a human shaman. It's a 4-3. And it has a Wild Magic Surge. This goes back to the uh, D&D set that we had. So whenever it attacks, you roll a d20. On a 1 to a 9, you exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. On a 10 to a 19, you exile the top two cards of your library. You may play them this turn. And on a 20, you exile the top three cards of your library. And you may play them this turn. So, yeah, we just kind of... Wanna exile cards. And I know there's, well, a few creatures that help facilitate this. But the best one in the deck has got to be our quote-unquote secret commander, Layla the Blade Reforged. Two and a red for a 2-2 two -two spirit warrior. It has haste. Whenever Layla attacks, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. And whenever you exile one or more cards from your library and or your graveyard, put a plus one plus one counter on Layla. So she does fun things. Mostly becomes like an 8-8 eight eight in like two turns. But yeah, you also have uh, silly things like Tectonic Giant. Two red red for a 3-4 elemental giant. Whenever it attacks or becomes the target of a spell and ability controls, you can either have it deal three damage to each opponent or exile the top two cards of your library, choose one of them, and then until the end of your next turn, play that card. 
At Sushi, the Blazing Sky is 2 red red for a 4-4 Dragon Spirit with Flying and Trample. When it dies, you can either exile the top two cards of your library, and until the end of your next turn, you may play those cards, or create three treasure tokens. So, I wanted to essentially have threatening creatures on the board that when they attacked or entered or did cool things, they would just exile cards. And then, you know, I found what is arguably one of the best cards in New Capenna, Professional Facebreaker. Two and a red for a 2-3 human warrior with Menace, and whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, create a treasure token, and you can sacrifice a treasure to exile the top card of your library and play that card this turn. So, in a game of Commander, as long as you have a reliable way to hit each of your opponents with a creature is going to make you three treasures and if you don't need them for mana you can just use them to exile the top three cards of your library yeah uh as far as creatures go i think the only other one i really want to talk about is wild magic sorcerer uh for three and a red it's a four three orc shaman that says the first spell you cast from exile each turn has cascade so on the whole we are going to exile at least one card a turn and there's about a uh, I'd put it at like a 64% chance that it's going to be something that is not a land so this just kind of drops extra stuff into play for us but now let's get into uh, some of the other stuff uh, mostly uh, next up I have some enchantments uh, starting with yeah let's go with furious rise two and a red for an enchantment at the beginning of your end step if you control a creature with power four or greater like your commander Exile the top card of your library, you may play that card until you exile another card with Furious Rise. The very unique thing about this is the card doesn't go away either at the end of that turn or the end of the next turn. So you can just recycle things. So, yeah. Uh, Vance's Blasting Cannons is three and a red. For a legendary enchantment, at the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. If it's an online card, you may cast it this turn. And whenever you cast your third land in a spell, you may transform Vance's Blasting Cannons into Spitfire Bastion. Legendary land, it taps to add red to your mana pool. And for two and a red, you can tap it to deal three damage to target creature or player. For the most part, we're actually not going to try and flip it in this deck and just keep it as a exile something every turn kind of spell in that same vein we have Velikut exploration uh two and a red for an enchantment with landfall and whenever land enters a battlefield under your control exile the top card of your library you may play that card for as long as it remains exiled and then at the beginning of your end step if there are cards exiled with Velikut exploration put them into their owner's graveyards and then the exploration deals that much damage to each opponent where I liked this 
is if you exile the land and either can't play it or you exiled something that you just don't need it's going to go into the graveyard and dome both of you, both of or all of your opponents for a damage so you know it just helps with what the deck's trying to do uh, last up in that category, I have Outpost Siege, 3, and a red for an enchantment. When it enters, uh, you are never going to choose dragons. You are only going to choose cons, which is at the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. Until end of turn, you may play that card. Yeah. Now, the real big category is going to be Instants and Sorceries. And I don't really want to talk your ear off about instants and sorceries, so I'm just going to mention a couple. Or a few. Mostly things I don't think are seeing a ton of play elsewhere. And I'm going to start with Galvantic Relay. Two and a red for a sorcery. Exile the top card of your library. During your next turn, you may play that card. And it has Storm. So, when you cast a spell, copy it for each spell cast before it this turn. Uh, Ignite the Future is three and a red for a sorcery. Exile the top three cards of your library until end of your next turn. You may play those cards. If the spell was cast from a graveyard, you may play the cards without paying their mana cost, and it has flashback for seven and a red. Then it's just kind of like the stupid cheap ones, like... Rob the Archives. One in a red sorcery. It has casualty one, so you can sacrifice a creature with power one or greater to copy the spell. And it exiles the top two cards of your library, and you may play those cards this turn. Uh, light up the stage is two and a red for a sorcery, but it has spectacle for a red as long as you've dealt damage to an opponent. Exile the top two cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You may play those cards. Reckless Impulse. One in a red for a sorcery. Exile the top two cards of your library. Until the end of your next turn, you may play those cards. There's a whole bunch of different spells like that. Right. So now, I just kind of want to finish off with uh, a couple of the instants I'm running in here that specifically just want to see some weird stuff. Uh, Calibrated Blast is two and a red for an instant. Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a non-land card. Put the revealed cards on the bottom of your library in a random order. When you reveal a non-land card this way, Calibrated Blast deals damage equal to that card's mana value to any target. So, this one specifically is not exiling. But it's doing something similar to what the deck wants to do, and it works as a removal spell that I can use twice because it has flashback for three red red. And finally, in this category, we have Commune with Lava. It's an instant for X red red. Exile the top X cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You may play those cards. So, yeah. I just want to send my deck into the Shadow Zone. And that's kind of it. I've played the deck 
four or five times at this point. Uh, hasn't actually won, but I don't care because the main goal is to just exile as many cards as humanly possible. Currently, the record is 22. But yeah, I think I think that's about it for that. Now, I do want to end on a note. We are trying to grow the podcast, so even if you don't want to support on Patreon or stuff like that, like the least you could do is just leave a like with it wherever you're listening to it. Leave a review and, you know, roast me because I know I deserve it. But more importantly, just share this with somebody you think would enjoy it. All right, that's going to do it for me, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. All of my links can be found in my link tree in the description below. I would like to thank Ian Foss and Cody Mulpey of the band The Crypt for allowing me to use music for my opening and ending, along with Nate and Erica Jacobs for making my original logo. And I would also like to thank Christina McNichol, for creating my new logo. And I'll see you next time.